Well, hello, I'm Doug Apple, back with another special interview for you today. And let's talk about this word, hardy. Now, that's a word you don't hear quite so much anymore. Today, we might use words like rugged or resilient. But if a person is hardy, it means they can stand strong and overcome harsh conditions. So the question is, are you hardy? Am I hardy? And what can we do to become more hardy, more rugged as people? Well, we're going to talk about that today with Mike Sharman. He's the legal counsel for Share Healthcare. And Mike, why is this word hardy on your mind these days? And what can we all do to get a little better at it? And why does it even matter? Well, you know, when you're looking at the seed catalogs at this time of year, you know, winter is the time that you look at the seed catalogs for spring. And one of the descriptions that we'll have for the different uh, items is, uh, is it a hardy one? Will it be able to sustain cold temperatures, hot temperatures? I think in our culture, we've we've lost what uh, one uh, writer has described as the hardiness factor. That when challenges confront us, we ask somebody else to deal with it. We ask our government to deal with it. If if we're uh, children, we ask an adult to deal with it. We've we've lost that almost all American idea of being able to stand on our own two feet. Mm-hmm. Now we want community. We need community. We need the fellowship and friendship of others. But if they're uh, if they're all dependent, then they're all codependent. And what we want is to be able to be independent. We want to be able to be self sufficient. Um, and so the hardiness factor. Uh, plays into that a great deal. Also, I've I've had a, a career in dealing with um, broken people, broken children, broken adults. Uh, one of the major aspects of, of my practice, other than working with healthcare sharing ministries, is working with survivors of childhood sexual abuse. Mm. And the interesting thing on that is, two people in the same family can experience the exact same uh, physical uh, sexual abuse. One, it will really be a major emotional crippling factor. The other, it's difficult. It is something to overcome, but they can overcome it. And there have been studies going on for 40, 50 years of what uh, you and I have just uh, called the, the hardiness factor. And that's what makes the difference. In, in recent times, since we've been having our, our Gulf Wars and the wars in the Middle East, there's been a big issue on PTSD, combat PTSD, um, what during World War II was called combat fatigue. Mm-hmm. And they've found that, again, the guys in the same exact platoon, both being injured, coming out of it, one will be able to deal with the physical injury and get over it. And the other, the physical injury is the minor one. It's the emotional injury that's a problem. Well, what is the difference? The difference is the hardiness factor. So we aren't born with the hardiness factor. It's not that, you know, one of those persons in the family was doomed to um, be more susceptible to sexual abuse than the other, or that one of those guys in that platoon was more susceptible to PTSD than the other from birth. They weren't. But we can develop the hardiness factor in our children. And if it wasn't developed in us as a child, we can develop it ourselves intentionally. And that's a, that's a very important thing to, um, to recognize. 
so that we do feel self-sufficient. You know, the, the hardiness factor um, was <clears throat> that definition began back in the 1980s, and it's the definition that still is used today. And it's a, the hardiness factor is defined as a personality style. So it's personality style. It's not a biological characteristic. A personality style consisting of the interrelated orientations of commitment versus alienation, control versus powerlessness, and challenge versus the threat. So you have those three C's, commitment, control, challenge. And you heard me in that definition, it had the versus. So what makes a child have more difficulties in life? Well, feeling alienated, feeling powerless, uh, feeling that all these barriers are threats against them. When we teach people a victimhood mentality, we're training them to not have hardiness because a victim is, is by definition powerless and they've been alienated out. They have these threats all around. So we want people to have a sense of commitment. So that means we need to give them a sense of commitment. As parents, we want to let our children know we are committed to them, whether we're in an intact two-parent biological family, whether we're in a blended family, or whether we're in a separated family. And the separated parents think, well, how can I make that commitment be involved in their life every day? Uh, you give a call, you give a text, you send notes, you send postcards. You are present in their life, even though you are not physically present. If we're an adult and we didn't have this given to us as children, then we look for people that are trustworthy, that we can um, feel comfortable they're going to make a commitment to us. And whether that's in your small group, your Bible study, your church, um, if you're in a toxic uh, situation at work, find new work. Oh, well, that'll be a problem. Yeah, but the problems of uh, having being surrounded by people who are not committed to you in a good way is worse. And then that ties into a sense of control over events. Um, if you feel committed, and if you feel people are committed to you, it's vastly easier to feel that you do have control over events rather than events have control over you. And then that ties into being able to deal with challenges. When you are committed, when you have commitments, when you do feel as though there's a degree of control over events, then those challenges just become a series of doors for you to open and walk through, not, you know, 50-foot walls you cannot get over. And each one of those things is biblical. The concept is biblical. And we have Emmanuel, God who is with us, and Yeshua, the God who saves, Jesus, with us all the time to help us. You know, when, when Jesus left this earth physically, he said, I'm, I'm going to send my spirit to help you. So we have Jesus' spirit in us, and he has made that commitment to us. He has given us control over events. The event might stay the same, but we are now in control. And we can see that those challenges are just things that are laid out before us in his story, history, in the history that he's laying out before us for us to walk through and go through and learn from and have others learn from us. Commitment, control, challenges, they all tie together 
and they make um, you know this this human life that we're walking through that much easier. When we get a wound, we get a scar, and that's it. We aren't wounded emotionally forever. Um, when we have a difficulty economically, well, we we manage it, we work with it, uh, and then. Often, because of the innovation that's required when you're having economic dislocation, often it can be a very positive thing that you then, in desperation, you're looking around and you find something or find a way that makes life better than it had been before the economic dislocation. Mm -hmm. I'm remembering a man that I knew when I worked at a radio station in Illinois and in southern Illinois, there are a lot of coal mines, so they're... uh, Union coal mines, huge wages, and this man was a lifelong coal miner. And then uh, I can't remember if it was when Bill Clinton came into office or somewhere in there, they passed some, uh, you know, clean air measures that that hit the coal mines of southern Illinois because of their kind of coal. And a bunch of people lost their jobs, including this man I knew. And he opened up a trophy shop. And when I was talking to him one day at his trophy shop, because he was advertising on our radio station, he said, you know what? It was the best thing that ever happened to me Mm. because I had always wanted to have my own trophy shop, but the money was so good in the mine, I never would have left. But then when they closed my mine, that gave me, you know, it was the hardiness factor now. Okay, well, what am I going to do? It's like that old book, Who Moved My Cheese? (laughs) Somebody Mm -hmm. definitely moved his cheese. And he opened that trophy shop. I mean, and he was, he said he's happier than he's ever been in his life because now he's, he's got this commitment, this control, this challenge, and it's all being fulfilled in this new shop that he opened up. And he was so happy about it. Yes. And we can see that in, in so many different things. You know, most people don't know that the majority of the Fortune 500 companies were created during the Great Depression. Hmm. They began during the Great Depression. Um, We can look around us now, post-pandemic, and look at how many people we know who were forced to work at home, and that was a problem. It's become a good thing, and many of those people who were forced to work at home by an employer realized, you know, I can go out on my own. I can create a consulting business. I can create an entrepreneurial business, whatever. I can work at home, and this is so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, the parents who had their eyes open because their children were forced to come home uh, for education, they they looked around at, at this problem, they made a commitment, they took control over it, and they surmounted the challenge. And uh, as a result, private schools are flourishing Homeschooling is the largest growing area of education there is. There's been more homeschool growth in the past uh, four or five years than there had been ever. Hmm. Um, and so these three C's, challenge, commitment, control, are, are so important as tools to help us just deal with life's child problems. We, we see current difficulties. If we have that emotional construct, if we have that personality style or create it for ourselves, then we see the current difficulties as a challenge to overcome, not as a barrier. We, we need sometimes a commitment to something bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've 
I often feel overwhelmed by what I'm doing or the problems there are or just, you know, sometimes I just feel overwhelmed. And I just, when I realize it, because as anxiety ramps up, you don't realize it as it's going. But when I realize it, I stop and pause and just say, okay, God, you told me you're always with me. You told me that if I take your burdens on, they will be light, that you are yoked with me. So, okay, I turn these burdens over to you. Now, I'm uh, eager to see how we're going to work this through. Mm -hmm. And then I just take the next step and just keep walking. Uh, And I do immediately feel more in control uh, and that the challenge is less of a barrier and more of a way when I do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to be, as my wife calls me sometimes, Polly Edward, you know, the male (laughs) version of Pollyanna. I don't want to be too Polly Edward about this, but you're you're still going to have the the problem Mm -hmm. and you still might have a degree of anxiety or degree of stress, but it is vastly less when you intentionally turn it over to God. Yeah. Well, it gets you out of the little downward spiral of despair. It gives you that control with a capital C. You know he is in control. Now I'm just sitting here proud of my little statement, the downward spiral of despair. There you are. Very, very (laughs) nice alliteration. I need to uh, trademark that real fast. Well, then it's a good... uh, Bookend. You have the, now say that again now, the, Doug. The downward spiral of despair. Or do you want the challenge, commitment, and control? You know, two alliterations there. It always is good to have those sort of mnemonic devices to help you to remember stuff. Yeah. So I want to ask you about this word, and I don't want to bring this word up in a snarky, negative way, which is often the way uh, hardy people uh, use it against non-hardy people. But since our uh, what we're doing is trying to encourage everyone to become more hardy, to take on the hardiness factor in their own life, just to be better people and make the world a better place. Um, but what happens is used as a pejorative term, I guess, and that is snowflakes. Mm-hmm. So w- without any kind of snarkiness in the equation... As some might look at others and say, oh, they're just snowflakes. Well, talk about them and to them. How can they become more hardy? Well, one, remember, whenever anybody is giving an insult, they tend to be doing a mirror of what they're feeling inside for themselves. You know, if somebody is calling somebody a name to be saying they're weak, Mm -hmm. that means that person is weak. Otherwise, they wouldn't feel the need to demean somebody else. Mm hmm. But um, you, uh, we hear in the weather this time of year about a whole lot of snowflakes getting together and creating barriers for others. There is nothing, believe me, living in the country in an area that gets snow, there is nothing more of a barrier than a whole lot of snowflakes. Mm-hmm. And so that gets to that issue of commitment. Uh, commitment also, you could look at that as community. We need community. So we might feel weak in ourselves. all right? Get yourself around others that you can feel strong with, that you can uh, help them and they can help you. And then those snowflakes gather together and and they are pretty much insurmountable to the ones that are attacking them. Mm. Um, One thing we want to realize, though, is we, we train for challenges. The people who are in the Olympics didn't begin at that level. 
they began as sometimes toddlers and preschoolers and elementary school students developing the whatever skill it was that they have, running and jumping or throwing and uh, whatever it is, they began it at a very early age, taking small steps. You see a whole lot of fifth and sixth graders still with Velcro shoes. Mm. Why is that? Well, because their parents let them not be patient with learning how to tie their shoe. Tying, helping your child learn to tie their shoes is a great way of helping them develop the hardiness factor. Because mm-hmm. it's not easy when you begin it. Sure. And so a lot of parents, they just they don't want to be bothered with it. They hear their child's frustration. They think, oh, I don't want to frustrate the poor little thing. And so they let them not deal with that challenge. And so the child has been trained, when a challenge is presented to you, don't do it. Well, that's the exact wrong lesson, isn't it? <laughs> So we have them tie their shoe before we teach them sailing knot. You know, we we teach them this is what the number one looks like before they go into calculus. You know, we have challenges as incremental. And if you are, as a parent, teaching your child to deal with small challenges at a time, here, help me fold these dishcloths before you ask them to make their bed with hospital corners. Mm -hmm. If you're doing that step by step, Dealing with challenges will be natural for that child, and they will just have the hardiness factor without realizing it. Yeah. Again, if you're an adult and that hasn't been given to you, hasn't been taught to you, then just think of that for yourself. Okay, notice your inclination to avoid challenges. Don't launch onto the biggest one at the time. Take it in small steps. You know, when I'm talking to kids who uh, are juniors and seniors in high school and they either don't have the grades or don't have the money and they don't think they can do college or, or a vocational school. And it just seems so overwhelming. Well, how do I get in? How do I apply? What do I need to do? I, I don't think I could ever do four years. Well, don't worry about that. The only thing you need to do is get the application. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? Well, that's the first step. That's all you need to do. Just get the application. And then once you have the application, Normally, the first thing on it is your name. Put that down. And then just go from there. Right. Well, they have a lot of questions I don't know how to answer. Take them one at a time. Yep. And the ones you don't know how to answer, do it one sentence at a time if they ask you for an essay. Don't worry about the, the 97th step. Just deal with the next one. Yeah, I'm learning a new piece of software right now. And, of course, it's painful and challenging. But, you know, you just go in and you... I sometimes compare it to the old days when the internet first came out and you'd try to load a picture. This is way back in the early days. So you, instead of just text, you'd click on something. Yeah, I want to see that picture. And then it would load up line by line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the way knowledge comes. Yes, it is. It's like you were saying, fill out that application or with me learning this software. It's just... right. You get a layer of knowledge and then you add one on top and then you add another on top. And then after a while, pretty soon, you've built a a building of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And we can apply it to our everyday life and just common things like healthcare. You know, we have the huge challenge of the cost of healthcare. Um, It's expensive, it's going up all the time. It has been going up since the mid 80s, steadily, steadily, steadily. 
and it's been going up more than the surrounding inflation. Uh, in health insurance has been going up um, at the same time, and it's been going up even higher than the inflation of hospital care or health care. So what do you do about that challenge? And a lot of people just get overwhelmed and just kind of throw up their hands, and they either say, well, I'm, I'm just going to pay for it, or without really looking at it and thinking it through, or forget it, I'm just going to stay uninsured. Mm. Well, we want to be dealing with the challenge innovatively, and we want to address it. And share healthcare is one of the ways that people can. And it ties into these other C's as well. So you have that challenge of the high cost of health care. But then commitment, member commitment is community as well. So you have this group of people who are the other members of share health care who are committed to you and you are committed to them, mm-hmm. not by a contract, but by a faith bond. We're all Christians and an emotional bond. I want to help them and I want them to help me when I'm in need. Mm-hmm. That Hebrews thirteen sixteen verse, which is share healthcare's life verse, so to speak. But to not forget to do good and to share, for which such sacrifices God is well pleased. And so we have that commitment one to another, and then that gives us quite a degree of control uh, over our lives and over our finances. Because with share healthcare, we're $149 per month, for a single, two forty nine per month for a couple, and three forty nine per month for a family of four, and then fifty dollars for each uh, child after that, and so that winds up being right around forty four hundred for a family for a year, versus twenty two thousand uh, per year for the average health insurance. So well, maybe a little bumper sticker that people could think of: We're the uninsurance for the uninsured, and it gives them a way of dealing with that challenge. It allows them to have people committed to them that they are committed to, and it gives them a large degree of control over their finances, their faith, and their health care. Well, if people want to find out more information about SHARE Healthcare, uh, what do they need to do? And is there anything else you need to add as far as giving them some information about it? Oh, well, there's tons of information, but the best way they can deal with that is to uh, go onto our website, sharehealthcare.com sharehealthcare.com look around it uh, get the ideas look into the resource tab and things like that write down the questions as you go and then call 1-844-SHARE-HC 1-844-SHARE-HC and you can ask that real life human person that's going to answer that phone you can ask them the questions that you jotted down as you're looking over the website People can join the hearty crowd at Share Healthcare at sharehealthcare.com. Thank you for all this wisdom and advice today. We've been talking with Mike Sharman. Share Healthcare bought a little airtime here on Wave 94. You've heard their ads. And then we like to get together with Mike and just thresh things out. And uh, sometimes we talk about current events. But today we were talking about the hardiness factor and the three C's of commitment, control, and challenge. Thanks for your time today, Mike. And for Wave 94, I'm Doug Apple.